This episode of Says Who is brought to you by you through your support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash says who our Patreon where every Sunday you get this all over again because you got a whole bonus episode of this very podcast. You get me and Maureen talking to you if you give it the five or ten dollar a month level because you become a member of the town watch that ten dollar a month level you also become a member of the says who sticker club where you get a sticker in the mail every month and it's a good one every month i think i nailed the february one in sketching last night maureen wow what is it excited about it well we were we're, it's building off of our slow our year slogan we can work with this we really can yeah and uh, I think it's pretty good. I'd forgotten I did it. And then I remembered as I was speaking. Anyway, patreon.com slash says who. Books. Yes. I mean, that's what I'm talking about here. Mm-hmm. Look, it's February. It's a good time to read. I mean, Definitely. I can make a good case for reading every single month. But sure. let me tell you February's case. Okay. Now up where we are, it's cold as ass, except today it is warm like springtime. So yeah. uh, we'll just pretend it's cold as ass. Sounds good. Um, you could relax inside, curl up, cozy up, sofa, blanket, cozy chair, book. Hot, hot tub. Ooh, nice. Bubble bathy tub. Little time for you. Sit, maybe a scented candle, book. Just like a book. You're just nodding away, Dad. You're just nodding and nodding and nodding. I I'm in. I'm I you've painted a word picture and I have stepped right into it. And when you buy one of my books, you buy a little piece of me. <laughs> buy in. It's like NFTs that are real. <laughs> well, if you want to buy in and you also want to buy in on the internet. You can always go to kickbezosintheballs.org, our own little bookshop over there on the internet where you can buy things. Speaking of buying things on the internet, you can also go to merch.saywhopodcast.com where we have Says Who merchandise for you all the time. It's just there waiting for you to buy it. And then it gets made and sent to you. So that's fun. Merch.saywhopodcast.com. Got what? Com. It's I don't dot even know. Com. It's dot com. I don't even know who you are right now, Dan. I know. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. But we're not talking about it right now because it's someone's birthday. It's your birthday. It's your birthday. Hey, Maureen. It's your birthday. It's a big one. You're going to celebrate all year. It's your birthday, it's your birthday, everybody's happy, it's your birthday, it's your birthday, it's your birthday, you are 50 years old, everyone loves you, everyone loves you, happy, 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 happy birthday, everyone loves you, everyone loves you, happy, 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 happy day, everything's great for you now, it's been a little bit lousy, but it's turning around, it's turning around, cause it's your birthday today. That was amazing. I just made all that up. That just rolled right off the dome, Maureen. It's also not my birthday. Well, it's your birthday tomorrow. I know. And so, and we're not releasing an episode tomorrow. For, so for all intents and purposes, 
So can you do that song it's again your tomorrow? birthday today. Well, the beauty is, Maureen, we're recording this episode. What? Yeah. Yeah. Wait, we, what? we actually do that every week. Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah, I know. And we put them out. What? 276 times. Hold and on, hold on, hold on. So tomorrow, on your actual birthday, you can just listen right back to it. I don't have to sing it again. I know. I don't like the sound of this, whatever this is that you're talking about, Dan. Well, let's just let's just pretend like this conversation never happened. But the good news is tomorrow you can just hear all that again. It's my birthday. It's my birthday. The thing that's annoying about it is you used to wait a long time, and now you just jump right into it. Mm, mm. And so that's also annoying. (laughs) The podcast that isn't a podcast. (laughs) Go on. It's a coping strategy. I'm Dan Sinker. (laughs) You should see his face. It's so good. Say your name part. Well, Maureen Johnson. Yeah. It's your birthday tomorrow. Yeah. I'm excited. I am. Yes, I'm home. You can see I'm back in my house. You are back. You're back, baby. Dan, a couple notes. Okay. I have been traveling or sick for the majority of the last two months. Yes. So my return last night. Mm -hmm. A couple things happened. One. Yeah. When I was with my parents, I don't know why this is, but well, I kind of do. I don't eat very well. I yeah, eat it's a real mystery there. Incredibly. Well, why do you think it is? Because you're stressed out and doing shit for people, so you're probably just like grazing on random shit all through the day. They have a lot. They keep junk food in the house yeah, that I don't keep. That. Yeah. So they have like pretzels and chips and tasty yeah. cakes and all kinds of stuff that I don't have. Mm, tasty and they, cakes. They don't. They don't eat regular meals quite the same. Right. My dad has a very strange sleeping schedule. So I end up eating crap that I never eat. Yeah. So my meals yesterday were, I actually had a sandwich at lunch. Okay. Then I had handfuls of pretzels, mm-hmm. handfuls of smoked almonds. Ooh. And the remainders of the cake that my parents got me Aww. the night before. Okay. That was dinner. It wasn't a great dinner. It wasn't how I meant and then I got in the car to come home and I was already starting to have a flare. Oh, no. Like I was starting to flare up. I think just yeah. the tension of kind of trying to do everything, get home. Yeah. And by the time I got in the car, I was so nauseous. Oh, no. The entire two hours I thought I was going to throw up, which I oh, never did. Oh, no. I have a stomach of iron. It's pretty rare for that to happen. And I got through it by kind of breathing through my nose, clenching my jaw and playing Stardew Valley. That is a long drive to be feeling like that. Then I ran in, Oscar helped, and then I ran in and I got, I took some anti-nausea medicine. Okay. And then um, my friend Krista sent me cookies and I immediately was then re-hungry and the only thing to eat was cookies. So I went and got, I was like, I feel gross. Like I feel like I'm just powered by sugar and salt. Yeah. Like at home, I eat a lot of vegetables and stuff. And when I'm there, it just... 
it all falls apart. It all falls apart. It's yeah. so disgusting what I end up yeah. eating there. Like it's always something like old Doritos or something. It's so terrible. It's shit I don't eat. Yeah. So I come back. I did get a lot more rest there. Generally. Sure. I did. Okay. Because I didn't clean anything. Like I wasn't doing heavy laundry. I was, it was walking the dog was easy. So there was a lot of stuff I didn't have to do. Dan, I've come back to, again, dead plants. Yeah. Piles of mail. Mm -hmm. Boxes. Right. Laundry, confusion. Like just. You're basically coming back to your home circa early December. Yes. And it's now mid-February. Plus, it has all the detritus of when I was stumbling around with COVID. Right. So it's just still stuff everywhere that I hadn't had time to put away yet before I had to turn around and go away. I got to give you a lot of points, by the way, for the use of detritus. Mm. Thank you. That was a good word. Thank you. Also, I think uh, my entire life I've called it detritus. So there we go. There you go. I'm learning. I'm just trying to bring a semblance of order. And one of the things I'm considering getting for myself. Oh, no, not another planner. Sort of, but in a person form. Okay. I'm thinking about hiring a decluttering service. I think that's a great birthday gift to give to yourself. I'm giving myself a lot of birthday gifts, as it turns out. I think you've earned every single one of them. No, I'm going to get myself my first manicure in three years. Awesome. Uh, I used to get those regularly, not since COVID. Now that I've had COVID, I'm like, time to get back on that horse. Sure. Uh, Maybe I'll hire a decluttering service to just do my closets and all for me. That sounds great. That would be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah. I'm thinking about it. I think you should do it. I'm thinking about it. I think that you have earned a lot. I just don't want one of those services that's like, that's like put everything in clear plastic bins. That's like what a lot of these places seem to do. And I'm, that's not really my jam. Do you want somebody that's like, get the fuck out, get it out of your house? Yes. Yeah. You need like the hardcore one. Yeah. The Marie Kondo style. That's like. Love her. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking about doing, Dan. I think you should. Yeah. I think that you have had a real rough run. No, I haven't. And you have. It's okay to say I've had a rough run. No one looking objectively at your last three months would say anything other than, boy, that's been a rough run. And so you deserve to treat yourself. No, but I, the the weekend was spent dealing with my parents and their phones. Yeah. I had to get my dad a phone. Then I had to get my mom a phone. Then I had to make all the phones work. Then I had to re-figure out the plans on the old phones. Then I had to teach my dad phones. Mm, This sounds very relaxing. So hopefully that's all. I know I'm going to get calls and be like, my phone, my dad basically wants a phone that he just yells stuff at it and he it does it yeah, perfectly every time. Right. And um, that's not going to happen. No. So. No. That's not how phones work. And then yours truly has to somehow make that happen. Right. Or not. Or not. So it's an option to just be like, that's not how phones work. Get the Why am I out. sleepy? Am I allowed to take naps in the afternoons for the next week or so? Oh, absolutely. You should have been taking naps in the afternoons all along. I only needed one one day. Okay. Only one day. It's it's just wanted. The want. A nap is a wonderful thing. You can nap for a short time. I am a fucking nap master. I'm not. 
I do not. I do not pay myself many compliments, but boy, oh boy, I can fucking nap. I can't. I am an absolute nap beast. With me and naps, I either don't. It's not my skill set. I wake up groggy and like, what is what's going on? Or my body kind of just shuts down and goes, you you don't actually get a say in this. I'm shutting you down right. for, for reasons known only to me. There's something going on and I need to shut you down. Yeah. And in those cases, I lay down and go instantly into a deep sleep for two hours and then wake up every yeah, time. See, I, I do the I do the short ones. This is my my newest nap strategy. The little one, uh, they have to log their reading for school. Uh, they're reading at home and they set uh, their own like you know, bar that they're trying to reach. And so, uh, and he takes it very seriously. In fact, he takes it so seriously that he now has the job at school of checking in everyone else's little logs that every day, uh, which he also takes very seriously, but he takes this super seriously. And so he sits down on the couch with a little stopwatch next to himself and his books and he starts his stopwatch and he you know keeps glancing at it his his goal is 45 minutes usually he does that and then some but my newest thing Maury, my newest nap thing has been to just curl up next to him and i say what time does your stopwatch say right now and he'll be like it says 11 minutes i'll be like okay when it says 21 minutes wake me up and then i just have like the world's cutest alarm clock oh my god it's great. And how, I get to curl up next to him. How do you nap for 10 minutes? I can nap for even less than that. My preferred would be more in a like 13 to 17 minute window. But uh, but I can do 10. Easy. That's crazy. The key is that I can fall asleep in seconds. I just like shut off, like just boom, full power down. Can you do that at night? Yes, I can fall asleep very, very easily at night. My problem at night is staying asleep. For instance, last night I was asleep and I woke up and I was like, well, that ah, that was a great morning or a great night's sleep. I feel super awake. Uh, it's great. I'm glad I slept through the night. And then I checked my watch and it was 1.06 a.m. And I was like, fuck. And I was up till three something and then I went back to sleep. What do you do to you? Uh, there's a point where I get up because I don't sleep with my phone next to me. There's a point where I get up and walk through our creaky house and get my phone because otherwise my brain just sort of turns fully against me and my phone will allow me to uh, to keep that, keep the night brain at bay. I like reading stories about what people used to do when we had biphasic sleep and they yeah. would have like a four hour window in the night. So they'd go to sleep and then they'd wake up and they would have this sort of these night adventures where they would go totally. and a lot of them would pray. Some of them would like, you'd go and visit people. <laughs> be like, eh. I think I would function really well in that kind of scenario. You know, like I, there is always a part of me that is like, I should just go downstairs and do some work. And I've done that before, but, um. But I, it's not normal. But I, yeah, the idea of like, oh, I'm going to go, it's 2 a.m. I'm going to go walk over to my friend's house who's also awake at 2 a.m. And we're going to chill for an hour and then I'm going to go back to sleep. That would be fun. I like that. It also means you get to go to bed at like 6 p.m. Yeah. You go to bed at 6, you wake up at 10. 
you go have adventures. You come back at two, you sleep until six. I am playing a game right now, Maureen, called Pentiment, which is um, takes place in the Middle Ages. And the whole thing is um, all the art style is like an illuminated manuscript. So it's all like 2D and all the figures sort of look like illuminated manuscripts. And when you move from scene to scene, it like zooms out and you see the book. And the main character is a um, is like a letterer uh, and illustrator of illuminated manuscripts and works in a um, works in a monastery, like doing books. And um, it's fun, but you sleep through the night, which seems unfortunate. I would like, I would like him to be up, but it is a it is a nice little game. It's sort of like a mystery. It seems like a little creepy. There seems to be a lot going on. I've only just started it, but it's been it's been a it's been an entertaining way to spend a little time in the evenings lately. That's great. But Maureen, it's your birthday. Mm. I just feel like this should all be about you. Why? Because it's your birthday. Eh, it's all right. All right. Oops. No, it's fine. I mean, it's, I, I feel there's always a lot of pressure when people like, because people plan for their birthdays. I have never, well, I've done a couple things. Yeah. It, but like, I've never been like a big birthday planner. Yeah. I'm never one of those people that's like, I'm going to have a party and I'm going to do this. And then I'm always like, I don't know, whatever. Yeah feels kind of high pressure. Yeah. Um, so that's why I've decided to roll it out this year and be like, just going to do some new stuff. Like I did buy myself a new dress today. Oh, there you just go. Just like, like a daily dress. Like I'm going to get some new fresh clothes. I love it. Dump out some old stuff. That's the way to go. Try to shake off some of the still remnants of the COVID dressing. Yeah. Um, Speaking of dumping out the old stuff clothing wise. Mm. Today, I uh, we have a chest of drawers in our bedroom, and uh, both Janice and I have been commenting lately about how our drawers are like overly full, right? And so they don't close easily, and so often you kind of leave them open. And today, I opened up my like sock and underwear drawer at the top, and I had not realized that pretty much every other drawer in the thing was open, and so suddenly <laughs> it fucking dropped it flipped the whole thing was you know fully weighted on all of these open drawers and then the back was empty so it 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 could have very easily crushed my foot but it did not (laughs) like it was it it grazed my leg i kind of jumped backwards as it came down but it was very loud and uh it forced us to clean out a lot of stuff See, we need that. So maybe why I gotta hire somebody. Just have a, have a, have a chest of drawers f- collapse on you. It'll, it'll, it's a good forcing function. <laughs> well, Dan, has there been anything else? Well, Maureen, I assembled some news for you on behalf of your birthday. Oh, is it good news? Well, I just thought you might enjoy. Our latest little chapter in George Santos. Look, you know how I feel about Santos. I know. It's your little birthday gift. I feel like George Santos watches probably a regular fixture until he's finally slunk off uh, 
slunk off things. But uh, there are two things to discuss, one of which we sort of discussed on the town watch, but I think it's worth bringing into the, the real feed here. All right. Which is last week, the Washington Post featured a headline about George Santos, which is just exquisite in its evilness. And that headline is, quote, Amish country farmers say George Santos took puppies, comma, left bad checks. I mean, it's amazing. Every part of it is incredible. It just, it like Amish country farmers right there. That's gold. It also certainly gives George Santos an air of Corral DeVille. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of weird dog shit. What's he doing with the puppies? Selling them. He was a puppy broker? He was a puppy broker. He has all sorts of like, he ran a fake pet charity that was called like United for Pets or something. Like uh, he scammed a a homeless veteran out of a bunch of money uh, because that veteran had a sick dog. Like there's a lot of like profiting off of the fact that people really like to give money to animals and also like collecting animals. But yeah, he seems to have run a shady puppy broker business where he would scam puppies off of Amish farmers and bounce checks on them and then I guess sell them because he doesn't, it's not like he's walking around with a hundred dogs. So he was making, he was, he was bouncing checks and then selling off dogs. Uh, All right. The article is amazing because every farmer that they quote, they're like, I didn't really get a good look at him because he would only come at night. I mean, which is great. He would right. promise to wire the money and then they wouldn't wire the money and then he would send them checks and then those checks would bounce. Okay, sure. But but more than that, this week, the New York Times on their own Santos beat, they went live with the story that his campaign has $365,399.08 in unexplained spending with no record of where it went or for what purpose. Quote, the mysterious expenditures, which list no recipient and offer no receipts, account for nearly 12% of the Santos campaign's total reported expenses. Now, you might think like, oh, well, you know, I get it. You're running a campaign. Maybe some stuff doesn't get reported. The Times put some context in and said that other New York congressional campaigns, quote, failed to itemize between zero and two percent of their expenses this past cycle. Mm. So 12 percent being entirely uh, unaccounted for is a lot. That's a lot of sheet cakes and pretzels for the volunteers. It's a lot. It's a lot of something. They they have this very good narrative that they um, that they kind of spool out about how kind of they began a little bit more on the up and up than where they ended. So they say, quote, from the beginning of his campaign, Mr. Spanto spent extravagantly traveling far outside his district to attend fundraisers and other events, though he had no declared primary challenge, though he had no declared primary challenger. In the first three months of 2021, for example, his he reported spending more than $5,000 on airfare and hotel stays in West Palm Beach and Washington, D.C. 
By late 2021, as Mr. Santos built his campaign war chest, his spending continued to pick up. He spent nearly $90,000 in December, making trips to Kansas and Michigan, according to reports filed in January 2022. Those two trips were memorialized in several itemized expenditures dated to December 19th. The filing showed that Mr. Santos spent $266.66 on five different Ubers and taxis, as well as $828.78 on stays at the Hyatt Regency in Wichita, Kansas. He also itemized $140.54 he spent on food, including $60.54 at Tokyo Sushi and Grill in Auburn Hills, Michigan. So they're sort of establishing that he actually does know how to itemize his his expenditures here, right? And even if you're like, well, he's fucking running for Congress in New York, why is he spending you know, $140 on food in Auburn, Michigan. That's like mm. his prerogative. As long as you're reporting it, it's it's ultimately that's that's going to count with the with the FEC. But by April 2022, Mr. Santos seemed to have adopted a new accounting strategy. He added more than $250,000 in more than 1,200 payments to quote anonymous nearly all for $199.99. That is because any expenditure over $200 has to be itemized. So 1,200 payments of $199.99. Some of those payments reported earlier by the Washington Post were added to older spending reports. None had any description other than the dates. Mr. Santos also used the April filings to change some of his previously recorded expenses, retroactively raising the cost of some of them to $199.99. The cost of the five Uber and taxi rides from December 19th rose to $445.22. That originally was $266.66. Tokyo Sushi and Grill bill had gone up to $199.99. There were also three new expenses on that date, each for $199.99 paid out to Anonymous. In May, Mr. Santos changed his reports again. He wiped out all the individual line items paid to Anonymous, as well as the meal at Tokyo Sushi, but the filing still included the $250,000 in spending with no further details, dates, or explanations. In the latter stages of the campaign, Mr. Santos itemized small sums spent for gas, lunch, and office supplies, but he also continued to spend money without providing receipts or identifying the date or recipient with the unitemized spending growing to $365,399.08. What? He's just spending a lot of money and not accounting for any of it. So, all right, let's go back to the beginning of this. Yeah. His campaign begins when? Early 2021? Yeah. Okay. He travels, he starts traveling in early 2021. This is for the election of 2022. Yeah. So he is going to Palm Beach. Yep. To meet Republicans. Yeah. DC. Okay. He's building the war chest. Okay, so he spends $90,000 going to Kansas and Michigan. Yeah. I mean, in a di- I don't right. think it's slightly weird. It's not just there, but like, yeah, he spent 90 grand in December of 2021, mm. including these trips. It's kind of hard to spend that much money in travel in a month. Like yes. not for not for some people. Some people can do that in like 
a weekend. Sure. But I'm just saying it's. Yeah, you got to work at that. If you're just going to places and staying at Hyatt's and stuff like that, it's actually kind of hard to rack up those kind of bills. Yes. I say this as someone who just had to do an itemized report of a week she spent in a hotel in California getting takeout every single day because she had COVID. Right. Like I've actually seen what you can, you know, to rack up $90,000. That's a lot. It's a lot. So I also want to know what he spent $60.54 at the Tokyo Grill. I want to find out what he had. Well, I mean, most that that one's very interesting because it's $60.54 when he reports it in December. Then he... Uh, re-reports in April of 2022, and then it's $199.99. And then in May, it's gone entirely. So 100%, he has grifted about $365,000 from his campaign fund. Without a doubt. Right. Yeah. Um, And he's done that by just taking it $200 at a time. I mean, claiming that he's taking it $200 at a time. Right. Likely he took it in different numbers and this was their way. It seems like they decided to go this $199.99 route for quite a while. And then they realized, well, this looks fishy. And so now they've basically just said, oh, we spent $365,000 and we're not going to tell you how, which isn't exactly legal. But you can't do this on your own. Like you have to have people helping you do this weird accounting. He's had a few different accountants at this point. Yes. Mm. And in fact, I believe the the most recent one that he said was now his accountant then issued a statement being like, I am not that guy's accountant. Nobody asked me. So that's great. Meanwhile, Maureen, Mike Pence oh. has been subpoenaed by special counsel Jack Smith's investigation into Trump and his cronies attempt to overthrow the 2020 election results. Two of Pence's top aides, Mark Short and Greg Jacob, have already testified to Smith's grand jury. Was it Mark Short that was running down the hall with his hair on fire in the in the testimony about Jen? Yeah. Remember, there was one guy that was always running down the hall going, oh, we're all going to we're all going to die. We're all going to go to jail. Was that him? That guy was Uh, my favorite. No, he was like, you all are going to jail. That was Mark Short. He was the one that was basically like, you are doing illegal shit. Right. Uh, so here's what's interesting, Maureen. Right. I would like you to just remember. Right. On January 6th, mm. 2021. Right. They were going to kill that man. They were going to kill Mike Pence. They were going to kill that guy. They were going to kill him. They were going to kill that guy. He was hiding, Dan. He yeah. wouldn't get in the car. He wouldn't tell people where he was. Correct. He because- was a dead man walking. They had built a gallows outside, Dan, yes. to kill him with. Yes. Yes. So he was going to be killed on January 6th. And yet, he is fighting the subpoena. He is not claiming executive privilege, in part because that tactic has not proved a real winner. For Donald Trump, so it seems like they've decided to get more creative. Instead, he is taking an entirely unproven argument. According to Politico's reporting, Pence is set to argue that his former role as president of the Senate, 
therefore a member of the legislative branch, shields him from certain Justice Department demands. He believes that he's covered by the constitutional provision that protects congressional officials from legal proceedings related to their work, language known as the, quote, speech or debate clause. This is the same clause that Lindsey Graham tried to use to not testify in Georgia's um, grand jury on whether or not Trump was trying to overturn their election results. Uh, Politico quotes Mark Rosell, a George Mason University political scientist, who says, quote, it is admittedly a constitutionally murky area with no clear outcome. Since there's a legislative function involved in the vice presidential presiding over the Senate, a court very well could decide that it must address the scope of the speech or debate privilege and whether it would apply in this case. Warren, they were going to kill that guy. They were going to kill that man. Here's the thing. You're great. Your birthday's tomorrow. Sure. If you sicked a mob to kill me. Right. I want you to know something. Okay. I will fucking testify against you oh, in man. a goddamn heartbeat. Dan, come on I now. I will fucking sell tickets to that testimony. Dan, you're throwing me under the bus? I will throw you under the bus. I will pull the driver out of the bus. I will jump into the driver's seat and I will drive the bus. Dan, I thought we had something here. We have something. So you're just going to throw it all away? But the minute... That you sick a mob on me mm-hmm. at my place of work. Right. To kill me. Right. It's done. You're saying that the minute says Uvia, something happens, something gets in the water. Yeah. They go rabid. Everyone goes rabid. Yeah. They're like, you know who's at fault here? Yeah. Dan. Right. They storm the they storm our castle. Yeah. They got dull whips. Yep. And they're like, we're gonna kill, we're gonna kill Dan Sinker. Yeah. And I'm like, I send out a tweet that's like, be a real shame if you found Dan. I bet yeah. he's hiding downstairs. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. You, beep you, beep. You, Here comes the bus. You'd hold You're that against me. You're getting thrown under it. You're holding that against me. I will hold that against you. I will point out in your little scenario. Mm-hmm. You've done very little to whip up the mob. You you have you have absolved yourself mm. of uh, of of any level of whipping this mob up against me. They've simply drunk some weird water, and then you've issued a, a mealy mouth tweet trying to sort of half protect me. That seems suspect to me, but. Point is, Maureen, if you send a mob out to kill me, I am absolutely going to happily and gladly testify. Anyone that wants it. People could just build little fake cardboard courtrooms and be like, you want to testify? Be like, absolutely. I cannot believe you're turning on me like this. I just I just want you to know that that that's where I'm at. I wouldn't turn on you. I wouldn't well, testify against I mean, you. You and Mike Pence. Yeah. You're you're right you're, there together. You're making me the Mike Pence of this situation. That seems it seems that you have made yourself the Mike Pence of this situation, Maureen. Well, in other news. There's more news? Today, 
Right before your birthday, Nikki Haley. Dan, why are you doing this? Announced Dan? that she is entering the 2024 presidential race. Okay. This is not a good birthday present. As a Republican Dan. to run against Trump's lackluster 2024 bid. Dan. Previously, she'd said that she would not run against Trump if he ran. But now she is. But Maureen, this is the single question that I have about this little news item. Okay. Who in the world is the voting base for Nikki Haley? Uh, libertarian edgelords that live on the outskirts of certain cities in New Hampshire and Arizona? I don't know. Maybe. I guess I just she feels like somebody that literally has no base at all. Right wing NFTers. Definitely um, not. Someone that has the word blockchain tattooed on their arm. <laughs> I don't think she's big on the blockchain, but I, I don't know what you're trying to tie that to her. I just that's who I'm seeing in my head. Okay. I people, I like that. People that have like they're like, I'm being edgy. I don't I don't think there's a single soul in the United States of America that thinks I'm being edgy and then thinks I'm going to vote for Nikki Haley. Disagree. I think they're out there. Really? I feel like I've seen them. Feels like a very soft edge. Oh, you know who I'm thinking of? Who? Tulsi Gabbard. You are thinking of Tulsi Gabbard. Absolutely. Oh, I would. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why no. I confused. No. Nikki Haley. Mm, I got nothing. Nobody. Nobody. There is nobody. I think I've got like, I'm going to put that down to post-COVID fatigue because I'm feeling a wave of it right now. I'm going right. to put that down to post-COVID fatigue. I appreciate that. We okay. will chalk that one up to post-COVID fatigue. Well, but Maureen, ultimately this week is not about George Santos or Mike Pence or Nikki Haley. It is about the fact that we keep shooting mysterious objects out of the sky. Right. Right. When we last recorded, Joe Biden had ordered the military shoot down a Chinese spy balloon over the Carolina coast after it had spent a week lazily floating over the half of the U.S. Now, mm. last week when we talked about this, I wondered a little bit about why they didn't shoot the balloon down earlier, seeing as how there's a great deal of open space in parts of the United States that it was specifically flying over, like Montana and Alaska. But it seemed like an isolated incident. Maureen, fast forward to this week. We have now shot down three more things. Two over the wilds of Alaska and Canada and one over Lake Huron off of Michigan. All right. Well, then I think that China needs to, you know, chill it out with those uh, spy balloons. It does seem like they should chill it out with those spy balloons, except nobody is actually saying that these are more Chinese spy balloons. In fact, they're super weird. First, the Chinese spy balloon was flying at about 60,000 feet, which is like really high. An airplane flies like 30 to 40,000 feet is like cruising altitude. All three of these objects have been more like 20,000 feet, which puts them into civilian aviation. Kind of don't go there unless you are are talking to flight towers, which is the reason they, they have given to shoot them down. The other part that is weird about the Maureen is that they may not be balloons. Okay. So what do we got here, Dan? Well, let's break this down incident by incident. So on Friday, fighter jets fired on an object, quote, the size of a small car 
over the frozen waters of Alaska. Okay. Uh, to put that in context, the Chinese spy balloon was 200 feet in diameter. It was that's, very, very, very big. That's a, that's a, that's a big car. Yeah. So this like, is if you can size... imagine a really big car. Right. So this is much smaller. This is the size of a small car. So imagine like a Ford Focus floating okay. over the coast of Alaska. At, two, to, at 20,000 feet. At 20,000 feet. Just a little Ford Focus. Yeah. Was it a balloon? Just pooting we along. We don't know. Okay. Several officials said they believed the object shot down on Friday was a balloon. However, a Defense Department official also said that it broke into pieces when it hit the frozen sea after being shot down. The balloons which, don't do that. Which, according to the New York Times, quote, added to the mystery of whether it was indeed a balloon, a drone, or something else. Okay. So that's Friday's mysterious thing shot down from the sky. On Saturday, an American F-22 attacked, quote, a cylindrical object over the Yukon that was smaller than the Chinese balloon and also, you know, cylindrical. Some people think it was a balloon of some sort. Others are not sure. They're still trying to recover it. It is in the very rural Yukon territory. So they're still trying to find this thing. And then on Sunday, things got weirder. The final object shot down over Lake Huron is described as, quote, an octagonal structure with strings hanging off of it and no evident payload. It does seem that most officials are fairly certain that it appeared unlikely to be a balloon. That sounds like a pinata. Yeah. Here's my favorite part. One official said it's unclear what has kept it aloft. Just a big floating stringy octagon? Just a big floating octagon. I, I read one report that described it as a black octagon, which is somehow even more dire to me. Okay. So they scramble jets to go check all this stuff out. So they have video. They have, you know, they have all sorts of sensor readings and all of that, but nothing has been released or leaked so far. Uh, from the New York Times, when asked during a news conference on Sunday whether they had he had ruled out extraterrestrial origins, General Glenn D. Van Herc, the commander of the Air Force's Northern Command, said, quote, I haven't ruled out anything at this point. Mm which is great. Of course, they have simply worked very hard to tamp that shit down. In interviews on Sunday, national security officials discounted any thoughts of why of what the Air Force shot down out of the sky represented any sort of alien visitors. No one, the senior one senior official said, thinks these things are anything other than the devices fashioned here on the Earth. Republicans getting kind of feisty about this. Michael Rubio says, quote, NORAD's been around 65 years. We've never shot anything down, and in eight days, we've shot down four things. That's a pretty big deal. It doesn't happen every day. I can't question that much. Seems That seems like an okay thing to say. Seems a little weird. I mean, I hate giving Marco Rubio credit. Correct. And yet, it's, it's, I think it's worth asking that question. A little weird. Yeah, occasionally he's going to say a sentence that when you actually look at it as a sentence is is a sentence. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm willing to give a little less credit to Marjorie Taylor Greene, who said that people were, quote, scared, 
and, quote, believing crazy things on the Internet. Mm. Mm. That seems her whole bread and butter. Yeah, that's that's. um, That is. She's like she a, a literal sentient those... crazy thing on the Internet. Yeah, she's like a flying spaghetti monster kind of a situation. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But they're beginning to ask questions, which means that the White House has now uh, officially issued a statement. Press Secretary Karine Jean Perry said, quote, I know there have been questions and concerns about this, but this, there is no, again, no indication of aliens or extraterrestrial activity with these recent takedowns. Quote, I wanted to make sure that the American people knew that all of you knew that. And it was important for us to say that from here. This is at a press conference. Important to say that from here because we've been hearing a lot about it. Mm. She concluded by saying, I love E.T. the movie, but I'm going to leave it there. At which point a reporter from the back of the room yelled back, the truth is out there, Kareen. A hero emerges. Yeah. I've seen enough movies, Maureen, to hear a statement like, there are no, again, no indications of aliens or extraterrestrial activity. I wanted to make sure the American people knew that, that all of you knew that. It was important for us to say that from this podium, because we've been hearing a lot about it, that I can't, I can't quite shake the fact that maybe they're saying it isn't a lot. Uh, that's what they say right before the giant ship appears. Yeah, exactly. Over the major city. Yeah. And you know where they come first, And They come right here. New York. They come to New York every time. It's us or LA that goes first. And usually us. You know what? Yours truly. The number of signs from the universe telling you to move. Now it's aliens. Has me very worried that this is exactly the next one. I'm going to get taken by an alien. We're we're talking right now. Maureen, Maureen and I see each other when we record these. She's You are sitting in front of a very glowy window. And at any moment, I'm expecting that window to become obscured with a shadow that passes over it. Yeah. This window was shook before from this, the Marine One containing Trump going past it. Yeah. I didn't appreciate that shit at all. Yeah. It's going to happen. This window is going to get dark. The plants are going to shake and fall off of it. Now, Dan, I don't want to seem cynical. Mm-hmm. But I also just want to say this. Yeah. This week, there was a major, and this is where maybe about within the week out. Yeah. Disaster in Ohio. Yeah. A train full of really not great chemicals. Yes. Crashed. Indeed. Because the union's been saying it's only a matter of time before this something like this happens. Yeah. And it happened. Yeah. And so to keep the dangerous chemicals from getting out, they they blew it up. Yeah. Filling the air with and yeah. creating what looks like a mushroom cloud. Oh yeah. And now everyone in the town is sick. Mm-hmm. Animals are dying. Seems that way. And um there said it's fine. The offer so far for the residents of the town not to get them out and keep them safe is $5 a person. Sure. It's barely being covered by the media. Yeah. Reporters were arrested when they tried to get in and cover it. I've seen that movie too. Yeah. And at the same time, 
We've had a bunch of weird alien activity this week. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be this cynical, but yeah. damn, are we so dumb that a quarter behind the ear trick, like it's aliens, yeah, is distracting us from covering a major environmental disaster that was predicted by the unions that tried to stop and correct the conditions that led to said disaster. Oh, yeah, we're that dumb. Without a doubt. And we still have very little reporting or information on what the fuck actually is going on in Ohio. Yeah, you know, it's funny because I am the kind of person that sees uh, sees the sort of statement of like, there isn't a lot of reporting happening about this. I'm like, well, we know about this because there's reporting. But then I kind of dug into it a little bit yesterday, and there is a surprisingly paltry amount of reporting. Like, it's there really is certainly much. reporting. You know, like uh, you go and you if you search it, the you know, all the major news organizations have reports about it. But there's not a there's a surprisingly lack of detail. Yeah. You know? and, and often what happens in that situation is. You know, information hates a vacuum and so things have come to fill it. So now it's it's very hard to tell wh- what is and is not truth and what is and is not happening. Um, you know, there are reports of you know there's now reporting being written that is sort of quoting things that don't feel super reputable it's you know it's very hard to really know the situation right now because it is um it has not been well covered and uh and now if people are going to cover it they're kind of playing catch up on it and of course they're over you know, as we see with anything like this, there's an over-reliance on official sourcing and all of that sort of thing. And the official sourcing has changed their story a number of different times. So it's all great stuff. At the very least, people need to be safe within a, be made safe within a certain radius. Yes. Be given a place to go, be financially made whole, covered, yeah. made safe. But yeah. The animals are dying and the people are sick and they've been offered five dollars and they're arrested and they've arrested reporters who tried to cover it. Those things are just things that are happening. Yeah. So no matter what, this seems like and in the same week, they even during the Super Bowl, everyone's like aliens. Right. I have never, ever had interest in aliens. Really? Have you ever had interest in aliens? Oh, yeah. Not once. Not once. A lot. I, um, I, yeah, when sort of when the X-Files was new, all of that shit was fascinating to me. My friend of mine, uh, a friend of mine at the same time did a whole documentary about like UFO stuff at the time. He went on to just win a MacArthur Genius Grant. Yeah, he just won it this year. A friend of mine won one of those too. We yeah. have smart friends, and here you and me. I know. Then where's there's just our, us. Where's our MacArthur Genius Grant? Nowhere. Nowhere. That's where. I figure it's a big universe out there, Dan. Yeah. There's probably other stuff going on. Oh, without a doubt. Seem it seems pretty unlikely that this is the only spot in a in an infinitely vast universe that yes. something's going on. Correct. So fine. All right. That's You're very much at peace with that. Yeah, I'm fine with that. 
All right. I like that. I don't, I tend to believe they're probably not simply visiting farmyards in Kansas. Yeah. But what about the Yukon? Sure. What about Lake Huron? Okay. Yeah. Montana? Just, you know, joy riding your octagon over Lake Huron. I'll look, I would take, I would love to ride an octagon personally. Who wouldn't? Um, but Dan, I, I just think, you know, I don't want to be this person. And yet I'm like, really? <laughs> it also just seems like a case of they may have changed their parameters of what they were scanning for. Oh, that's 100% the case. They've just scanned. They found more stuff. And now there's some weird political pressure on following all the stuff. And now they got to follow all the f- shit they find. Yeah. And shoot it down. And shoot it down. And mind you, those planes are real expensive to fly. So each one of these things is uh, is uh, is a uh, is a significant amount of money and expenditure to shoot down. So some bozo in the local drone club made an octagon. <laughs> well, that part's what's that part's the part that is interesting to me is like we are not getting enough information to really understand what we're talking about. It's here, an octagon, right? Dan. Well, well we not know done, it's an octagon. It's an and octagon. We know that for some reason they've included the detail it. that it has strings hanging off of it. Yes, it's an octagon with strings on it. Sure. Who hasn't come across that before floating b- via a method that they are not clear on? It's floating octagonally. That's true. The, an octagon is the floatiest of all shapes. Nothing is more aerodynamic than an eight-sided object. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's correct. Anyway. That's why the original title of the Beatles film, Help, was Eight Arms to Hold You. Was it? Yes. I That's why that. they have a song called Eight Days a Week. It's all coming together, Dan. Look at this. That was a Beatles-related object. You're on, you've cracked this wide open. That was George coming back to save us. They shot down John Lennon. I think it was George. Could have been. Maybe it's both upset. of them. Coming back to help us. Yeah. That's all right. They, they're fine. They just chose they the just, wrong week. They just picked chose up the our, wrong week. They dead gotta Beatles. Get another, not, not get another craft. Yeah. They probably had an ejector seat. Yeah, they're fine. They're good. They're good. Well, guess what else is good? Says Dan, can I have a question? Uh-huh. You can have as many questions as you want because you're the birthday girl. Is it allowed for me? And I know the answer. Okay. To have this post-COVID fatigue come back. <laughs> yes. I'm allowed to be tired. You are 100% allowed to be tired. Okay, great. Because I got a lot to do and it's not convenient for me to be tired right now. Yeah, but you gotta, you've got to you got to rest. How long is this shit going to go on? Well, I mean, if you go off and deal with your parents for a week, it's going to last a little longer. I, you're not exactly resting. I've asked people in a live who've had COVID. And they're like, that shit goes on for a little while. Yeah, it does. It does. And the best the best method is to just allow it, you know, and and rest when you need to rest for sure. I I am gratified to know that XBB 1.5, which is likely what I had. Yeah. Is the one that finds it finds the survivors. It finds the people that never had it. Yeah. And it jumps out of the shadows at them. (laughs) It's the jump scare one. It is the. It's the it's the spider monkey that jumps out of the tree, lands on your head. 
I'm you just should saying, rest. It's out there, Dan, and uh, be careful, everybody. It is yep. out there. Even though COVID's over, uh, I got a text from New York City saying that they're ending the emergency texting system. And, oh, perfect. Um, so it's oh, it, it's actually completely over. Yeah. I've seen this movie, too. Yes. So the, so it's, it's good that it's completely over, except that it's super duper out there. Yeah. So masks are your friend. Yeah. And everyone else's. It's true. And I am going to the Texas, North Texas Team Book Festival in three weeks. And I am realizing that's where I was. That was the last thing I did before the lockdown. Oh, true. I was there and I flew home. And then that, and I remember saying to everyone there, this is it. Like, we're not, we're not going out again after this. Yeah. I didn't know it would be for like a two years. I thought it was right. going to be for like a month. Right. But, um, and then, um, I'm going back and it has like 15,000 people that come. Yeah. And I'm going to wear a mask. Wear a mask. The whole time. Yeah. You can get like really nice colorful ones now. But I mean, I'm going to do events with wearing a mask. Yeah. I think that's totally fine. And I'm not going to take it off. No. Um, Because that was where I fell down. I was was doing events because when you're up there speaking, it's kind of hard when you're wearing a mask, um, but I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah, it's totally fine. It is totally fine. And it is absolutely what this one right here is doing it Hell because yeah. this one right here is a little worried about going somewhere else again <laughs> and getting stuck because where I was before, Texas and California. Where are the two places I'm going in March and April? Texas and California. There you go. Am I nervous? A little. I'm a I'm little. I'm yes. yeah, a little, little I'll be in LA in April, Dan. Oh. LA Times Festival of Books. Well, there you go. They have a lot of outdoor events there, though. Yeah. Because it's LA. They do. they do. Yeah. So that's nice. Am I a little tiny bit nervous? Yes. Yes. Well, rest up before those things. It's three weeks from you now. You got three weeks of resting. I'm still a little, I think, shell-shocked by all the stuff that's happened. I realize sure. that everything has left me a little bit rattled. Not like falling apart, just like, yeah. yeah. Little bit rattle. Little tiny rattle. Understandable. This is me with my little rattle. Yeah. That seems entirely reasonable. I'm just, the whole time I've been like, don't be tired. No, you, you need to allow yourself to be tired. Okay, then be tired, but don't fall asleep. Well, also fall asleep. <sighs> Your body needs to rest. Your body needs to rebuild and fix itself. I'm no 10-minute napper. I know. Give yourself the two-hour one then. It's no, good I'm gonna, for you. I'll try for... I'll set an alarm for an hour. I can maybe get... Go. See if I can get it down to an hour. You got it. You got it. Or, you got this. Or what'll happen is I'll lay down, put in Farmer Grover Needs a Nap. There you go. Which is about 23 minutes. Yep. And maybe just the act of laying there for 20 minutes. Yeah. Under a nice weighted blanket next to the dog, yeah, will just be enough, and I won't even need to fall asleep. And I'll just like that. Around will, these that parts, will... we call that low power mode. Maybe I'll just go into low power mode. Yeah, yeah, just do that. Do you do that? Uh, I often don't do low power mode, but uh, I christened low power mode, and other people in my home do low power mode. I tend to do just a very, very brief nap. I'm going to get into healthier habits. I think then. that's good. 
And one of them will be like taking time to like taking at least 20 minutes or a half hour each day to just yeah. kind of. Absolutely. Re- relax. You've got to. You've got to. All and right. And says who mm. is made possible by you through your support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash says who. Our Patreon, where every Sunday, most every Sunday, you get this whole thing all over again. Because if you give it the 5 or $10 a month level, you become a member of the town watch and you get you hear me typing episode you hear me our typing music is performed by ted leo our logo was designed by darth you can contact us at says who podcast on twitter you can email it hey that is h-e-y at says who podcast.com you can reach us on mastodon it says who at omfg.town Join the discussion on Facebook at slash group slash Suzuvians. Our Facebook group is moderated by Janice Dillard. And if you want to join the fan run discord server, you can visit tinyurl.com slash says who discord. But whatever you do, spread the word, subscribe, and please leave stars and reviews on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen. And you can join us next Wednesday, the 22nd of February, almost the end of February at that point. Goodbye, February. Ah, that's when we're going to be here. And I am currently right now in my basement. I am Dan Sinker. We haven't even talked about the... Dan. Huh? You're not wearing your... I'm not wearing coveralls. It's coverall washing day. We didn't lead with that. We did not lead with that. But when when we first signed on, Maureen was like, I don't even know what I'm looking at because I have a sweatshirt on. I also, I got a shirt in the mail from a friend of mine the other day. You can't really see it here. It's got the Yeah, it's beard. blue. It's underneath my sweatshirt. And I was like, I really actually want to be able to see this shirt because it is a very beautiful shirt. But it is also um, memorializing the Spokane, Washington garbage goat, which is a metal sculpture in a big river park in Spokane, Washington, that uh, its mouth is open and there is a hole in the mouth and there is a very, very powerful vacuum that you hit a button and then you can toss garbage into the goat's mouth and it sucks it up. Why haven't you told me about this before? I don't know. It's amazing. The Spokane garbage goat is truly incredible. Why are you holding out? You see, this is why people are trying to kill you. Well, I mean, the thing is, sometimes you got to just keep things back till the right moment. Well, Dan, now they're outside and I'm tweeting your location. Well, I am going to be having fun at that grand jury. I can. I honestly cannot believe you're throwing me away. Just just. You want to you want me to say my name? I really do. Here, let's I've got a great game. Okay. All right. I'm going to say a word. Yeah. And you say something that rhymes with that word. Okay. Borine. Latrine. Latrine. Canteen. God damn it. Florine. Jolene. Gorine. Uh, uh, Halloween. Bronson. Uh, she's Goreen Bronson. Wait, wait. Bronson. This has been says who? Bronson.
Oh, that's tough. It should be easy to rhyme sun. Yeah, it's not. Fun. Uh, no fun. Okay. Bronson, it's no true. fun. That's my name. <laughs> Bronson, no fun. <laughs>